It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. edition of East Coast Bias right here on FanDuel TV, of course, on the Ringer Gambling Show, as we have a lot to unpack. We have another weekend of NFL football. We have a World Series matchup that is not near and dear in the heart of one of our particular panelists, and we'll get to some NBA as the season is underway. We welcome in Joe House, Raheem Palmer, U.S. Truly, J.J. Jastrzemski. Raheem, we'll get to the World Series in a minute, but Bud... Uh, how are we feeling? The Phillies, the, the Phillies who looked unbeatable after the first two games in Citizens Bank, they go back to Citizens Bank, still up three games to two. Dude, you can't beat the Diamondbacks at home in six or seven. What happened? End of the day, the stars did not show up. You got Bryce Harford, you got Kyle Swarber, you got Trey Turner. They were like 0 for 28 <laughs> in game six or seven. So at the end of the day, you can't give a team life. And you look at how they blown game three. You look at how they blown game four. You got game four, you're up five to two, and you got your ace and Wheeler coming up for game five where you can close it out and your closer blows it. So that's what it, what it what it comes down to. You can't give these teams life. And I, I kind of knew after game three and game four, it was a crapshoot. And Arizona pulled it off. I know this house. I wish I had a wager on the Arizona Diamondbacks at 125 to one to win the World Series. I mean, I liked Arizona as an over at the beginning of the year. But you think about the way you could have profited, the way you could have made money on Arizona, not only in the preseason, not only right before the start of the postseason where they only almost missed the playoffs to begin with, but this series against the Phillies, I mean, they had to be every bit of plus 1,000, plus 1,200, down 2-0 going back to the desert, dude. A thousand percent. And the lesson of this particular World Series tournament was find your dogs, ride your dogs, and just dog it all the way out because that has been the profitable way through this this baseball tournament this year. I regret not getting on the diving backs. I was on the Rangers. I got that one a decent price and, and, and cash that. But, man, think about that parlay, underdog parlay of those two coming up. 
a lot of ways to make money if you had the balls to be a dog about it, JJ. No doubt about it. And we will have some thoughts on what the World Series is going to look like. It'll be the Texas Rangers against the Arizona Diamondbacks, one of the more unlikely World Series in the history of baseball, as far as I'm concerned. So we'll have a couple of thoughts on that a little bit later on in the show. But, fellas, we start. It is week eight now across the board in the NFL. Some interesting storylines. You're starting to really separate the contenders from the pretenders. House says, we get ready for this card where the Sunday night game is abominable. The Monday night game is abominable. But if you look at the 1 o'clock window, you look at the 4 o'clock window, there are some juicy matchups. It's going to be a nice Sunday of afternoon action. What's the storyline that you're kind of like captivated by as we get ready for these games and we break it all down? Well, when we got together on Monday to do our quick recap podcast, as we do every week here on East Coast Bias, I took note of the fact that the public really got crushed this week. And so it looks like for me, an opportunity once again, to be looking to underdogs. We have a full 16 game slate, which creates more opportunity. I'm looking for, for underdogs across the board that I like, because I do think that um, this, this reckoning that the public uh, ha- has been confronted with it, it, it continued right into Monday night. I had a nice ticket on the Vikings uh, had them in a, in a, in a money line situation with the under in that game. And the, the under was a little bit um, nerve wracking, but you know, the, the, the public got walloped because they were cashing those 60% tickets, you know, at, at a, you know, 57, 58% clip. And so it's the NFL. Everything always works its way back to the, to the middle. I want to try and catch some more of this dog opportunity while it's still out there. Raheem, if there's something particularly that you're looking at, when I give you this NFL card in front of you, what would it be? Mm, I think the biggest thing that I'm looking for is that at some point, these totals have to regress to the me. I mean, we've seen a slew of unders. We've seen primetime unders just hitting at an outrageous rate. So I'm looking for some points. Um, it's about time for you know t- these teams to start scoring. Well, one of the games where you thought maybe you'd have a good amount of offense, potentially, would be Cincinnati and San Francisco. Both of these teams... We're in the AFC and the NFC Championship game, respectively. Cincinnati lost a heartbreaker to the Kansas City Chiefs. San Francisco lost their quarterback on basically the opening series of the game and never had a chance against the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, now you look at the Week 8 card. Hands down, it's the marquee matchup of the week house. Cincinnati, San Fran, shades of John Candy, shades of Joe Montana, you name it. But Brock Purdy may not be out there for the San Francisco 49ers. And what you're seeing is a whole lot of line movement in the direction of Cincinnati, a line that was at five and a half earlier in the week. Now it currently sits at three and a half on FanDuel. I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes down to three. Purdy and concussion protocol, it's Thursday. That means he's got a couple of days to clear it. But odds are you might be looking at Sam Darnold, the former Jet, the former Carolina Panther, getting a shot in this game against the Bengals. We've seen Shanahan do it with other quarterbacks. Uh, I know you like the Bengals at five and a half. If this line's at three, three and a half, do you feel the same way? Uh, I do. I still like the Bengals in this spot. It really comes down to the rest advantage that they have here. Even though they're going on the road, 
Um, San Francisco just played on Monday night, which to me means there's no chance that Purdy is going to be out of the protocol, the concussion protocol. And and the price um, for sure is going to be a three. I wouldn't even be surprised if it, if it drops under three. Um, but the, the bye week for Cincinnati came at, at perhaps the best possible time. He is in the form of Joe Burr. Joe Burrow, his healthiest of of the the entire you know f- season th- uh, coming into this game, and Joe Burrow's health is coinciding with the 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 performance health of the Bengals uh, defense, and there is a, a direct correlation between number of snaps that defense has to be out on the field and the Bengals offense, you know, being able to control the ball a, a little bit in the in the two games. Since Joe Burrow's calf appears to have been uh, healed, Cincinnati now like number three in EPA uh, based on on just that small sample size of of those weeks. When this line opened back, you know, when the schedule was announced, it was Cincinnati as a one point road dog. Um, So I I think the number is still a a little bit kind of juicy with this Sam Darnold opportunity, especially dream. I think the biggest thing when it comes to this game is that not only is Brock Purdy hurt, but Debo Samuel is still out. And you, you want to look at the injuries on the offensive line. I think that was that was an issue. But this is not a full strength San Francisco 49ers team. Um, however, the one thing I will say is that when you look at historically how these teams coming off a Monday night football game and playing a team with the bye, surprisingly, since 2000, those teams are 64% against the spread. So the rest disadvantage hasn't, you know, necessarily made a difference in the way that you might think. But I would be looking to Cincinnati here, but I just think we missed the the best of the number with this line going to three. And the one thing you want to ask is, 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 as well as Brock Purdy has played, is it really worth a two and a half, three-point adjustment from Brock Purdy to Sam Darnold? Because we know that Kyle Shanahan makes these quarterbacks with his system. It's an excellent point, Raheem. And look, San Francisco is not going to be a full-strength play in this game. Don't know about Trent Williams. They're not going to have Debo Samuel. McCaffrey, even though he played on Monday night, he's still taking a lot of hits. He has been beat up. He's found himself on the injury report. It could be a decent by-low spot with the Niners, getting them if it's at a field goal or if it's at three and a half. But a lot of the points House mentioning has it as a stay away for me, at least for now. I'm not going near this game. Now, there is a game I am going to be going near, and I think it's another one of these fascinating matchups this week. That's Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. And Raheem, a lot of people are going to look at this game, and you know what they're going to do. They're going to see Mike Tomlin. They're going to see Mike Tomlin and the Steelers as a home underdog where the record is off the charts, where the record ATS is off the charts, and they're going to be grabbing those points. Now, I think the Steelers have been incredibly fortunate They have been pulling these games out of thin air. They did it last week against the Los Angeles Rams. You and I got burned a few weeks ago when they did it against the Baltimore Ravens. Spoiler alert, I love Jacksonville here in this spot. I love them. I love them. I love them in this spot. They're the better team. I think it's a statement game for them. You give me extra time to prepare, and I'm going to keep picking against the Steelers until I'm blue in the face. I feel like I do it week after week. Dream, can I get you to endorse Jacksonville 
as a road favorite laying two and a half points. Not only can you get me to endorse Jacksonville, this is my favorite game of the week. By wow. It's yours from, by the way, by the way, wow. by the way, I'm going to show you I'm a team player. When you want to use it for ringer wise, guys, it is yours. I owe you. <laughs> I stole the Falcons from you a couple weeks ago. I am deferring. I'm giving you the honors house. I'm giving him the tee box. He can have the Jaguars. I gentleman. like it, but it's yours what, for him. What a gentleman. I, like I can't the, wait I like to hear the, this. I like the Jaguars' first half and full game. When I look at the Steelers team, they are winning with smoke and mirrors. This is a team that's 31st in early down success rate. And we all know early down success rate is very predictive on how you do. They're winning with smoke and mirrors. You look at the last two weeks against the Rams and the Ravens. The Ram, Both the Rams and the Ravens, they outgained them in every single statistical category. First downs, third down efficiency, yards, yards per play, passing yards, rushing yards, yards per rush, yards per pass, time of possession. And the only reason why they're winning these games is because of the turnover battle. They won the turnover battle four to two. And then you go back to that Ravens game, you you got wide open Ravens receivers dropping passes. You go back to last week, you got the field goal kicker just can't make field goals. I know Mike Tomlin has that Tom Brady, Giselle voodoo, but at some point it has to end, and I think it ends here. When you look at this Jaguars team, they generate decent pressure. They're, they blitz at the fourth highest rate. We know that Kenny Pickett can't perform well against the blitz. One thing that we know from that Jaguars offense you're going to be able to run the ball with Travis Etienne because the Steelers can't stop the run, nor can they run the ball. I think the Jaguars go out there and they take this team into the deep waters and drown them. I love them. Put this man on video. Oh, wait a minute. This We're on TV. I love it, Dream. You, Dream was, was cooking. I'll just add this in as well. Jacksonville has been an absolute freight train on the road. They're 8-0 straight up and against the spread their last eight games outside of Jacksonville. This is a legit football team. Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, now we expressed our skepticism when we were sitting down at the beginning of the season trying Not to me. map, map no out some futures. No skepticism from me. Well, no, no. I was just looking for some value. You know, we're looking for some value. And and I made an investment in, in Tennessee um, just because the price looked right. Now, Tennessee looks like they might be at the point where they're getting ready to to forfeit the season. It might be Malik Willis time. They are. They just traded um, Bayard up to the to the Eagles, so the, the Tennessee's might be out of the picture. But the thing I want to say about uh, Jacksonville, in addition to this great road record, they also are very good against Pittsburgh. They are uh, in, in Pittsburgh, six and one against the spread in their last seven games there. So the trends back what um, situationally Dream just laid out. The only other thing I want to add, don't try and talk to me about the impact of being in London anymore because Jacksonville came back from London, being two weeks in London and won two games and they won a g the games were Sunday, Thursday. They took care of the business. Baltimore also in London came back and absolutely annihilated the Detroit Lions. I understand what the trends say, what should be the case, but modern travel has it figured out. I, I'm not, that's not going to be a trend that I ride on anymore, fellas. I'm right there with you on that. And House, I love you referencing the Jacksonville moments they've had against Pittsburgh over the years. It brings me back to David Garrard winning a playoff game in Pittsburgh on a Saturday night, or even a couple of years ago, Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette and that Jag team that went to an AFC title game with Doug Marone 
going and beating the Steelers outright in Pittsburgh and winning that game. So, listen, we got a family play. I love it. We're all on board with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the Steelers are going to be that square dog of the week. Don't at me on that one. I want to get to one more marquee game here, and it's Dallas and the Rams because this game is intriguing from a standpoint of the Rams have come back to earth a little bit here. They had a game that they easily could have won against the Steelers. They didn't. Dallas, we didn't see them last week. They were on a bye. They won on Monday night against the fraudulent Los Angeles Chargers. Raheem, I kind of think this line at six and a half, right where it should be with these two teams. And I sense a little backdoor cover potential. I really do with the Rams and the Cowboys. I'm like sniffing that out from a mile away. I think the toughest thing about this game is that we know that the Rams, they can't block. They don't have a good offensive line. And you look at the games that they lost, the games against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the games against the 49ers, the games against the Cincinnati Bengals. They lost those games because the offensive line can't play. And now you have to deal with Micah Parsons. And if you feel like this Cowboys team, which, I mean, as is, is great as Micah Parsons is, this Cowboys team isn't in the top 20 in pressure rate, which is very surprising. So if you look at Matthew Stafford and you look at this Rams offense, if they're able to get that offense going with Puka Nakua, with Cooper Cup, then I think the Rams are alive to, to stay in this game and possibly win. I don't have anything going it, but I can understand you totally taking the points with the Rams. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, I think my lean would be into the Rams just because Dallas in the red zone continues to be so unimpressive. They're going to leave points on the board. They're going to be taking field goals that should be touchdowns. It is the Dallas way. It's the Mike McCarthy way. Mike McCarthy, as the offensive coordinator, thinks that we're still playing football that existed 10 years ago. I'm sorry. Um, it's just not very efficient. And, you know, best of luck to Dallas going forward. But anything around a touchdown feels like a lean into the Rams. I didn't like the way the Rams beat themselves last week fellas because I was on the Rams and they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against Pittsburgh and the observations around that pass rush you you could see Matthew Stafford under duress that whole Pittsburgh game it's what led to the TJ Watt interception that was really the difference in the game for for Pittsburgh I don't want to see that uh against Dallas so I'm not betting heavy on this one but I I like the I prefer the points uh taking the Rams in in this uh, situation Boys, we have a lot more cooking on this Thursday edition of East Coast Buys. We'll get to Thursday night football. The Buffalo Bills, they should have lost on Sunday night a few weeks ago. They lost a stunner to New England a week ago, now a short week. And in comes Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a Thursday night game. I don't really like it. But guess what? We got to make a play on it. We'll do that. And we'll also have some thoughts on some classic throwback uniforms. Maybe some, some good juju coming the way of the Seahawks. And the Miami Dolphins. What do I mean by that? You'll find out right after this. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay for every Thursday night football game. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay. And you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. Tough game. Bills haven't covered. Last three weeks. Tampa, don't really trust them, but there's no way in the world I'm laying eight and a half on the road. So, or eight and a half with the Bills at home. I don't trust them. I'll take Tampa and hold my nose and fade the public. So, that's our bet for Thursday Night Football. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. 
Just visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers for your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. So, guys, before we get to Thursday Night Football, I have two teams circled house for no particular reason other than this simple fact. The Miami Dolphins and the Seattle Seahawks are wearing their beautiful, stunning, classic throwback uniforms this weekend. I saw this on Instagram earlier today. That's what happens when you sit on your phone before you go on your run and you try to amuse yourself. Dolphins are wearing their classic 70s all whites. The Seahawks are wearing the 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 Bosworth blue jerseys that are just like, oh, they're so fantastic. They're so awesome. It makes me want to go and money line parlay. In fact, I am going to money line parlay. Seattle and Miami. I'm not getting cute. Throwback uniform, two for two. Don't let me down, baby. You can't lose in those threads. The throwback classic money line parlay, you know, uh, you reminded me we didn't really give the Eagles enough credit for how glorious their uniforms were. Uh, Those on Kelly Sunday Greens night. were sharp. Uh, they were sharp. Just they were marvelous. Re- um, but sure, okay, let's do that. I'm on board with that. I, I'm nothing if not uh, a sucker for you know pulling that nostalgia and using that as a reason to go lose money. Sign me up, Dream. Can I get you on board? I- I'm never mad at that. And then I think when you look at the, the history of these throwback jerseys this year the only team to lose was the tampa bay buccaneers in their orange jerseys and we know they sucked in those orange jerseys so it's par <laughs> for the course so sign me up for this parlay i'm riding with you <laughs> you know it's funny you say that so i, I did a segment on SY, the local met channel regional channel i work at in new york and it was a few weeks ago after the bucks wore their creamsicle jerseys and i they asked me randomly they're like should the Bucks make those the permanent jerseys? And I'm like, no. And listen, I love throwbacks. I'm a sucker for throwbacks. But the Miami Dolphins, when they wore their throwback uniforms, they won. The Buccaneers, they won two Super Bowls, one with Tom Brady, the other Super Bowl with Sapp and Brooks and Lynch and Rondé Barber and that great defense with the current edition of the uniforms they have. Like, how's... When I think of the creamsicle buck jerseys, I think of teams that were abominable. Yeah, I, I can picture, you know, Boomer, uh, uh, Chris Berman with the, 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 those old clips as, the, as that team, you know, was the fans with the paper bags over their heads. That was that that era. You, why, why would you want to channel that? How does that make any sense? They That's immediately became good as soon as they got rid of those uniforms. I mean, they were signing Alvin Harper and free agency, and he wasn't doing anything. So, yeah, you got to keep the, the, the pass in the past sometimes. Forget that ever happened. All right, so we will fire in our Seattle-Miami Moneyline parlay. I'll let you know what that pays on FanDuel in a few moments. But let's get to this Thursday night game. It's fascinating from this standpoint. Buffalo, a few weeks ago, they were the toast of the NFL. They had smoked Miami. They looked as good as can be against Miami. And it's like, all right, maybe this is going to be Josh Allen and Buffalo's year. Well, since then, they lost the London game to the Jaguars. They should have lost outright as double-digit favorites against Tyrod Taylor and the New York Giants. And they played a miserable game. They gave New England a 12-point lead. They came back, but yet their defense couldn't get a stop 
against a quarterback that never seems to win in the fourth quarter and never seems to make a big play in Mac Jones. And we're talking about the Buffalo Bills kind of limping in to this Thursday night game. This line opened at 10, Raheem. It is now down to eight and a half. I think Tampa has looked rather fraudulent the last couple weeks against Detroit. You and I were all over Atlanta on Sunday, and that ended up being a winner for both of us. But here's the conundrum I have with this game. Maybe you guys can help me out. Everything about my gambling instinct says, this is way too many points. I don't trust Buffalo's defense without Matt Milano. I don't trust Buffalo's offensive line. And Buffalo is a public team that everybody's betting. Everyone's taking them in teases, parlays, you name it. Therefore, Tampa should be the play. The conundrum for me, though, Raheem, is that we know with the Bills, when they win, they don't win easy. They're a front-runner team. So when they get it cooking, they get it rolling, they usually bludgeon you. You usually kick the crap out of you. That's what Buffalo has done the last couple of years under Sean McDermott. My lean is Tampa. I don't feel great about it. How do we stand on Thursday Night Football? Okay, so I don't want to lay this many points with the Buffalo Bills, knowing that they have those defensive injuries. Matt Milano, Trey White, Daquan Jones. I just think their their defense has suffered so many injuries that you can't lay a big number with them. But like you said, this Buffalo Bills team is, they are front runners. Um, And... You know, the one thing that concerns me about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is that they continue to run on early downs, but they stink on early downs. So it it just puts them behind the eight ball. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield is put into bad positions. Now, when I looked at that game last week against the Atlanta Falcons, Desmond Ritter actually threw all over them. I mean, that was a game where the Buccaneers probably should have lost by 17 points. But Desmond Ritter had two fumbles at the one and one at the seven. So I look at this as a smash spot for the Buffalo Bills if you're going to bet this game. you want, I mean, this is a spot where easily the Bills should be able to bounce back. And when you look at things historically on Thursday night football, those teams typically... I mean, the better team t- typically tends to win, but they tend to win in blowout fashion. So I'm going to stay away from the side on this one. I think you have to tease this. I would take a, a two-team six-point teaser, tease that down to two and a half. You could tease that with the with the um, the Lions, which, you know, that comes on Monday night. I think that puts you in a good spot. You got two teams looking to bounce back from, you know, bad losses against divisional opponents. And I, I think you're in, a, in a, a good spot. So that's how I would play it. As far as the total, it is 43 right now. It just went up from 42 and a half. That may be due to some of the defensive injuries. I was leaning under, but I'm not going to play it. Yeah, JJ, uh, unsurprisingly, I am in the same lane as Dream. The only way to mess with this thing is in a teaser capacity. I prefer the Bills. Tampa, to Dream's point, not only are they bad on early downs, they can't score. They're averaging 10 points uh, a, a game. So I'm looking at like their team total. I think it's around 16 and a half. Maybe play the under there, but I mean, it's a little bit scary because of all the injuries to that Bills defense. So if you, I don't know if I want to mess around with that so much, but there are lots of great um, teaser leg candidates this week. So if you want to just go ahead and make a small investment in Buffalo and, and push, put them um, together with the, the lions is, is my, my favorite, but you could also do the Ravens there. They tease them down to two and a half, the chiefs from seven and a half down to one and a half at Denver, the Packers at home uh, at Lambeau. They're a one and a half dog. You could tease them up to seven and a half uh, against uh, Minnesota on, on a short week. And Minnesota, you know, hates the outdoors. There's a lot of good sort of teaser leg candidates 
out there. Um, but I don't really want to get too uh, overexposed or leveraged. There is some opportunity maybe for some player props. Also, um, Dawson Knox is out because of the risk. Khalil Shaker, you know, you, you start getting into some guys that are th- third line um, receivers that might catch uh, some some targets and some catches. So take a look at that and see if there's some player prop stuff to take advantage of some of the injury, um, bad luck, misfortune that Buffalo's experienced. I fully expect that a whole lot of folks are going to have teasers and parlays like our buddy Joe House that will feature the Buffalo Bills. It just seems too obvious. It seems too good to be true. Therefore, because of all of that, I feel obligated. I got to bet the Buccaneers plus eight and a half because I know this with these teaser spots. They'll probably hit and you'll probably end up being able to ride them in a Sunday or ride them in a Monday night. I just think you're going to have to work for it. I I, I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I don't think it's going to be feet up in the fourth quarter saying, great, I have this money I can bring into Sunday. I have this money I'm bringing into Monday. I, I bet you end up working for that Buffalo-Tampa game. Uh, and Raheem, you like the under in this one? No, I I, I think it was more, more so of a lean. I'm not playing anything on okay. it. If, if, if I had to go a direction on the total, that's where I would lean. But I'm not just going to play it under right now with all the Bills injuries. I need to I need to see some you know signs of life from that Buffalo defense. See, I get that. The only caveat I would say is Tampa has just at times looked so inept from an offensive standpoint. Like at time, it's weird with them. There are moments you watch Baker Mayfield find Mike Evans, get cooking on a drive where you're like, wow, there's really something there with Tampa. But then you'll have like four or five possessions where they're going three and out, they're going three and out, they're going three and out, and it's tough to trust. So I, in theory, it should be a get-right spot for a beleaguered, beat-up Buffalo Bills defense. And I think the total being as low as it is kind of does point you in that under direction. So you'll lean under... Uh, I'm going to take Tampa and hold my nose. And listen, you know I love rooting against the Buffalo Bills as I sit here wearing my Miami Dolphins hat. So that makes it easy for me. All all the more reason to get on board and fade the Bills now for the third. Actually, this would be me fading Buffalo for the fourth consecutive week because I had Jacksonville. I had the Giants. That was a hold-your-nose play. I had New England as another hold-your-nose play. Yeah, let's make it four straight weeks. Let's make it four straight non-covers for the Buffalo Bills who have not covered since that beatdown they gave my Dolphins in week number four. All right, guys, when we come back, we'll set the stage and get you ready for one of the more bizarre World Series in the history of Major League Baseball. Yeah, if you had the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers on your bingo card playing in a World Series... You're a richer man than me. Uh, We'll give you some thoughts on what to expect in this series and how to play it. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. So we got a World Series starting on Friday. I'm sure it's going to be a ratings bonanza on Fox as Texas is taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. But hey, you know what you learn? And I think, House, you hit on this. We now in baseball, I think, have to take 
a similar approach to what you would do in college basketball as far as some of these long shots. Now, you want to tell me, all right, team that loses, uh, uh, trying to think of somebody, Kansas City Royals, that's god-awful. They lost 100 games. You want to tell me you don't want to invest in the Kansas City Royals? Fine. But those teams that are in that, like, 30-1, to 50-1, to 60-1, to House, you get into the playoffs now, and you get hot at the right time, you could take a future like that, and if you hit properly and you do your research and you do your homework, you could really uh, take it on a feel-good magic carpet ride, dude. An incredible hedge opportunity and an absolute minimum. And to be fair, we here on East Coast Bias, we're monitoring, you know, where our shows in June and July, we were looking at the baseball um, divisional matchups and, and, you know, some of those outcomes at the proper time and looking for value. And all of us really liked um, the Phillies. We also got on the Baltimore Orioles and both of those, you know, the Orioles won the American League East. That was a cash ticket for house right here. And then the Phillies, you know, were right on the brink of winning the, the, the NLCS. And that was another one back in June where you just had to put yourself in the frame of mind. Like they have the component parts to be able to do what they did the previous year to replicate that success in the World Series tournament. Um, so you're, you're absolutely right. There was nothing about the Diamondbacks, uh, particular, uh, composition. They're just so, so young that felt like at that time, you know, it, it felt good to make an investment. They were literally, you know, a strike away from missing the whole, the playoffs altogether, but the Cubs cubbed and that's what happens in, in, in baseball at the end of the season, you can go back and look at that extra inning game against the Cubs that the Diamondbacks ended up winning. They were down a run three different times from like the seventh inning through the 13th inning. And they came back and, and beat the Cubs. And as a result, um, got into the wild card by virtue of that over the Cubs. And here we are with a world series uh, opportunity for them. I think the lesson here, and it's the only way I'm going to play this. I'll let you guys talk about, the matchups and the analytics here. Just give me that dog. Just give me that dog. Hey, and listen, House, you've been doing nothing but cash on Arizona if you've taken them in this postseason. They were an underdog against Milwaukee. I bet them in a wild card series. I wish I had the stones to take them against the Dodgers. I didn't think they'd have enough. They swept that series. And listen, this series against the Phillies, nobody gave them a chance. They lost the first two games. Then they lost to Wheeler in game five, and they still went and won game six and won game seven. So, Raheem, you look at the series price. Texas, and I totally understand why they're favored. They have Bruce Bochy, who's a Hall of Fame manager. They have some big game pitchers. Nathan Avaldi, who knows a thing or two about winning in October. Jordan Montgomery, who has really come on, former New York Yankee. He has pitched brilliantly. And they got good, they got guys up and down the lineup who can wreck a series. Corey Seager can do it. Adolis Garcia can do it. I mean, they, they got guys left and right hitting bombs and making things happen. Texas at minus 174, I think they're priced properly. But what we've learned throughout this postseason is buyer beware if you're fading those Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes, definitely buyer beware. And I, I think the biggest thing that we saw from the Diamondbacks is that they they get on the base passes paths and they run. I mean, they're 16 and 19 still in bases in the playoffs and they stole 166 bases during the regular season. So while you look at the Rangers, they score with, you know, home runs and bobs. Diamondbacks are playing small ball and, you know, Cattell Marte, 
Corbin Carroll. I mean, at the top of the lineup, that, that, that's about as scary as it gets. But I just, th- this is tough for me just because I, I just think the Rangers, they have so much. And they're a lot more disciplined than the Phillies are. I mean, you have Phillies guys swinging in and out. Like, they were swinging at any and everything out of the zone. And I don't think that's going to be the case with the Rangers. I think guys like Corey Seager and, and Garcia, they're not they're not just going to let you off the hook. So I would look towards the Rangers. Now, as far as like game one, we still don't know who the pitcher is. So and, until we know who Looks the game like one pitcher is. Looks like it's going to be Gallon. Looks like it's going to be Gallon for Arizona. Just saw no, that a I few mean, moments ago. I, I saw that for Arizona, but we don't know for Texas. So until we know the game one pitcher, we can't really, you know, we can't really bet this series because the game one price affects the series price. That's a great point because of what transpired for Texas as far as Evaldi pitching on Sunday. Uh, they're going to have him lined up to pitch Friday on regular rest. They're going to give him an extra day. Montgomery, and Montgomery came pitched out of game the seven as well. I can't see any way Montgomery's starting the game. And Scherzer's not starting the game because he pitched game seven. By the way, you don't want to see Scherzer on the mound multiple times in this series because he just does not look particularly good. Um, that's fair, Raheem. I still like Texas to win this series. I know I'm picking against Arizona again. Bochi is the manager. He wins these series. I'm not going against him. And I think the Texas lineup is deeper and just more explosive than the Philadelphia lineup. Philadelphia's got some postseason gamers. Don't get me wrong. Harper, Schwarber, what have you. I just think Texas, man, they have been a machine. I had them at 10-1 from July when I took them to win the World Series. I'm riding that. I'm playing them minus one and a half games. House, I get you going with the underdog here, but Bruce Bochy in October, that always seems to be a winning bet. I agree with you. In fact, I cashed on that already because I had uh, the the Rangers against the Astros uh, in that series, and it was very simple. It was Bruce Bochy against Dusty Baker for me. It wasn't a huge number. I think I got it like plus one thirty, something like that. But you know, good, good, good number. I understand exactly what the proposition is. It's just been the way these playoffs have gone. I'm not. I'm not. This is not a huge exposure for me. Half a unit kind of thing, just to have a taste. So that when I flip over in between all the incredible football games, the college football, the NFL, and the NBA, baby, when I want to watch an inning worth of baseball, I have a little skin in the game. That's all I'm doing. Uh, Raheem, would you, because of the uncertainty here with Texas and who they're going to start in game one, maybe hope to get a better number? Maybe Arizona steals game one. And maybe you can get Texas at minus 115 or minus 120. Should I be thinking about that? Or should I just fire on the one and a half right now? I mean, I think you can fire on one and a half right now. But I mean, one thing you got to keep it in mind, the Texas Rangers, they've been road warriors. <laughs> so, I mean, they won most of their games in the postseason on the road and they've struggled at home. So, I mean, based on what we've seen from these two teams and throughout the postseason, it's not a given that, you know, home foot advantage even matters. So maybe you can get a better number. Well, you've seen that less and less. The Diamondbacks win a game six and a game seven in Philadelphia. The Rangers win a game six and a game seven in Houston. Shades of houses, Washington Nationals winning four. Not one, the other side house. The other side is your patch. There you go. I I knew, I saw it. So I was just helping you out. (laughs) You, you You can display that patch proudly here on FanDuel TV, but they won four games in that 2019 World Series, all of them on the road. So like Texas, uh, I think it'll be a fun series, believe it or not. I know most of America won't care. Guess what? I will because I'll be invested. That's what it boils down to. All right, when we come back, some early takeaways. You had opening night in the NBA, the Joker, 
up to his usual tricks. Devin Booker putting on a show against the Golden State Warriors and maybe some games we want to bet Thursday, Friday, some early season takeaways. It's very, very early, but we got you covered. East Coast Bias Boys are coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. So opening night has come and gone in the NBA, and I was very much into, guys, full disclosure, the Suns-Warriors game. I had the Laker-Nugget game going, but I was, I was distracted. The baseball was on. It kind of was second priority for me. Uh, Raheem, my thought on watching Phoenix, how good is Devin Booker? I mean, my goodness, and and I know that Phoenix team's got questions defensively, and they're going to have to figure out how they're going to get stops at the end of these games. Booker, dude, not only hitting big shots, but distributing beautifully, hitting guys open corner threes, getting it to big Nurkic, down low for a big putback. I bet Phoenix yesterday, so I was very happy about it. So you could tell there's a little extra glee and glimmer in my eye. But man, that Devin Booker is something, Raheem. Yeah, Devin Booker is unreal. And right now, he is the best player on that team. I know a lot of people still like the champion, Kevin Durant. But Devin Booker has now surpassed Kevin Durant. It is his team. He's the better playmaker right now. It's just when the when the game is at the end of the game, when it matters, I want the ball in Devin Booker's hands. You know, I got to join in here on a tiny bit of the KD slander. I was with the pod father this summer. We were together in June. I was out in Los Angeles for the U S open and the pod father, Bill Simmons had, was updating his player ranking and he had LeBron some number like he 25 or 30 places below KD. Now this is his, his trade value. It's a constant work in progress, but I had to give it to him. I, I had to cook him because it's a, it's an absolute outrage and an insult to have KD even one slot ahead of, of LeBron. Now, look, Bill has, has uh, you know, set the thing up so that, you know, you're trying to say, would this team trade this guy for that guy? And it's kind of preposterous when we're talking about players of that stature. But Kevin Durant elected to leave the, the Golden State Warriors and and put his fortunes in the hands of Kyrie Irving. And then, you know, the poor guy can't stay healthy. So the version of, of Kevin Durant, the 35-year-old that we, that we watched uh, on uh, opening night, kind of can't move you know it's it's the, if you compare the 35 year old version of Kevin Durant to the 35 year old version of LeBron that we got four seasons ago there's no comparison whatsoever I like KD I'm a KD guy but it is Booker uh, or bust with this Phoenix Suns team undoubtedly um house as far as Lakers Nuggets same old same old for the Nuggets I mean Paul for the course, Joker doing his thing. Um, look, I, I know some people are going to say, oh, Lakers, you had all summer, you had all fall, you can't make any adjustments against this team. Easier said than done. I, I mean, listen, that's that's all well and good saying, oh, you had time to strategize and figure out what's what. 
How about the fact that the Nuggets are just really tough to guard? Period. They're really tough. Yeah, and this Lakers, um, this version of the Lakers is still a little bit of an experiment. I mean, there's new blood at Christian Wood, new blood with Gabe Vincent, new blood with Torian Prince. You know, they, they had some role players roll out. I like these additions that they've made, but it always boils down to the same thing. D'Angelo Russell, you know, taking too many shots for my liking. I don't like him getting 12 to 14 shots a game. I don't think that's a winning recipe for the Lakers and you know, they just couldn't match the, the physicality. They can't stop the Joker. I mean, uh, the, the Joker, um, cooked Anthony Davis, every other Davis, um, you know, was there for a half of the game and then nothing in the entire second half, the nuggets got the Lakers figured out uh, a little bit. Amazing to see them handle their business. It made me feel very good. I'm going to knock on wood right now. I took their over. The win total was 52 and a half. It made me feel good. All they got to do is get to 53, which is what they did last year. I like seeing them come out with that dog in them, Dream. Yeah, when I look at what Jokic is doing right now, I mean, last night I watched that game, and Jokic, when he was on the floor, they scored 1.27 points per possession with him out there. So it's basically any time they want to score, they can score, and it just feels like the Lakers – and the Nuggets are playing a different sport because the, the Nuggets just have so much firepower. You got to see Aaron Gordon play the point guard position, and they just look so comfortable with one another. So it, it's just it felt like the Nuggets never even took it out of second gear. And I know that Lakers had that, that second comeback. I mean, but at the end of the day, it just felt fake. It just felt like they capitalized on the nine Jokic minutes. And here's a tip. When you're looking at the Nuggets this year, you could see a team coming back and making it close during the nine Jokic minutes. But then when Jokic comes back in the fourth quarter, you could play that live line and, and, and put yourself in a position to get the Nuggets at a better price, knowing that teams aren't going to be able to stop this Nuggets team from scoring. And I think you could have done that last night, and you'll be able to do it all throughout the regular season. Uh, any interest, boys? We have two Thursday night NBA games. You have the Lakers and the Suns. They both played on Tuesday night. You have your Sixers, Raheem. Taking on Giannis and Lillard and a new-look Milwaukee Bucks. I give you both of those games. Any interest on a play for Thursday Night NBA? I think I'm going to play the Lakers here. I think this is a good spot for the Lakers. When I looked at that, that Phoenix Suns game against the Golden State Warriors, they really had problems stopping the Golden State Warriors, and the Warriors didn't shoot particularly well. I just think the Lakers are so big and so deep that they should be able to win that game. Now, when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks and the the, the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't know how you bet that game right now when you're looking at a brand new coach in Adrian Griffin. You're looking at a brand new lineup for the Milwaukee Bucks. How do you approach that? And then you have the, the Philadelphia 76ers, no James Harden. It's just a lot of turmoil, a lot of moving pieces. So I'm staying away from that one. You know what you know what you do when you're a big dummy like like me? You just bet the Sixers blindly because six points is, is too many points in general with all the uncertainty. And I'll take a Nick Nurse over Adrian Griffin. It's, it's just going to be that simple of a thing. I'm prepared to lose it, but I want to ha have a little skin in the game. I do think this situation for the Sixers where they're playing, I think they could play kind of free because the cloud, the James Harden cloud is not going to be on the basketball court uh, there in, in Milwaukee. And Maxie wants to cook. And Nick Nurse wants Maxie to cook. And Nick Nurse wants Tobias Harris to cook. So I think we're going to get like a glimpse of a revamped, re-energized offense out of Philadelphia. Now, 
freaking and they might come out and, and, and just drown them with threes and, 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 you know, run them out of the building. I'm prepared to accept that outcome, but I'm going to have something on the Sixers going into that game. That's a great point, House. And when you're looking at FanDuel Sportsbook right now, Tobias Harris, his over-under is 14 and a half. You look at Tyrese Maxey, his over-under is 22 and a half. I think you could safely go over on both of those because they have to replace James Harden's production. So that's a good point, House. All right, boys, before we say goodbye, we'll have a best bet for you to send you off on your way. East Coast Bias Boys coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. All right, we'll say goodbye with some best bets. By the way, my parlay Dolphins Seahawks don't love the fact that I'm seeing like the entire Dolphin team, Mostert, Hill, on and on we go on the injury report. So anyway, I'll uh, see the four. House, best bet. Four is yours. Take it away. You know, on Thursday, I love to make up some teaser legs, and we touched on all the good teaser opportunities on the card this week. The one that's catching my attention right now, we're on the Lions. We're all smashing the Lions. We're taking the Lions from eight and a half at home against the Las uh, Vegas Raiders down to two and a half. It's a smash spot. I don't need to really lay out for everybody the coaching advantage, the situational advantage for the Detroit Lions coming home and taking care of business against a Raiders team that won uh, a couple weeks ago and turned a corner right into the Bears and this Lions. The NFC North is going to be the death knell for the, the Raiders. The other leg of this, speaking of the NFC North, is for me, the Green Bay Packers at home. I'm teasing them from uh, one and a half point dogs up through to seven and a half point uh, underdogs against the Minnesota Vikings. We just were super impressed by the Vikings, the way they handled their business against the San Francisco 49ers at home. This is Lambeau. There are going to be snow showers, rain showers, cold, wet. Look up all the splits of Kirk Cousins outdoors. I don't think, even though the Packers offense has looked very ugly, they can run the ball. I think they'll run the ball against this Vikings team. That's my two teaser legs. It's going to be the, the, the Packers and the Lions. Dream, best bet. Okay, I'm going to go with the Falcons, minus two and a half. Anytime Going you back, can back to the Des- well. Going back Anytime to the you can well. back Desmond Ritter on the road in back-to-back weeks, <laughs> you've got to do it. You look at Tennessee Titans. They, they have injuries at the cornerback position. Ryan Tannehill, he's not going to be playing. They're going to be starting Will Levis. This guy is trash. And at the end of the day, you know, they traded Kevin Bayard all pro safety, and that lets you know that this Titans team has no intentions of trying to win for the rest of the season. You expect other guys to go as well, but, I mean, this Titans defense is horrible. 25th in EPA for play, 22nd in success rate, 28th in dropback EPA for play. Desmond Ritter's quietly played well last week. Last couple weeks, 557 yards, two touchdowns, so I expect them to pass all over this team. And more importantly, the Falcons' defense is first in EPA for play against the run, so I think they go out there and win this game. All right, New York, New York. I think the Jets are in the perfect sell spot. Everybody is on them. Everybody is talking them up after their big performance against the Philadelphia Eagles. This has classic Jet loss 
written all over it. The Giants have been better on defense. The Giants are finally getting after the quarterback. Tyrod Taylor has looked better than Daniel Jones the last two weeks. I am grabbing the three, but I'll take it a step further. Money line. Giants have a moment. Sunday at MetLife Stadium. They take down the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Give me those Giants. Rat line of the week. Jets only laying three. For House, Raheem, JJ, John Zuschensky signing off. Good job by our buddy, the Wargon Warrior. We'll be back on Sunday with Ringer Wives, guys. We'll be back same time, same place next week for East Coast Bias. Boys are out. Enjoy your Thursday. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 109 within Indiana. 100-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call one 800 327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered. For your next spring adventure, shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.